0: Billen, I was trying to do a clean intro, Jem's not here <laughs> <laughs> Thank you Oh my goodness Hello and welcome to My Turn Podcast um, As you can hear, Jem isn't here So I'm like doing the hosting thing So hi, I'm Erin, the young one Hi, I'm Billen, the middle one, or the old one for today because Jem's not here <coughs>
1: And we'll be doing random baby noises to imitate when Jem would be likely to interrupt our talking.
0: <laughs> Who does better baby noises, though? Your turn. Go. That sounds like... That wasn't a very like, good one. I did yeah, the best ones earlier. Yeah, that sounds like earlier. a squirrel eating like a wah, scotch bonnet. Wah, wah. <laughs> no way. I, I, I keep, I'm trying to meow now.
1: I mean, babies are kind of like... Uh, People kittens, so... People
0: kittens. Yeah, so they're kind of a bit like... That's a much better yeah, way of way. describing a baby. People kittens. People kittens. I like that. It makes them sound cute rather than evil. Yeah, that's true. Little shitbags. <laughs> well, <laughs> today I'm going to be talking about Rome 2 Total War, which uh, I've really been getting back into my Total War strategy game, so this is um, really good fun for me. And what are you going to be talking about?
1: I'll be talking about Power Grid, Do we which know is what, a, Jim? Oh, sorry, a board game. Fun. Um, Jen was talking about something that she told us, but we weren't listening.
0: So, yeah, she... <laughs> <laughs> she does talk a lot, though, doesn't she? It's like I think we're gonna have a really civilized podcast again. Uh, well, not that civilized, but probably shorter. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'll kick off with Rome 2 Total War. So, as we all know, I'm a massive Rome. No, sorry, I'm not a massive Rome fan, I'm a massive Total War fan. Um, So it's come out on the Mac, I think, a few years ago. It was originally released in 2013. Uh, The game was developed by the Creative Assembly and published by Sega. Um, So it came out
1: in 2013. How come you're only just playing it now?
0: Because when I first tried it, I didn't enjoy it that much. Ah, so you have played it before, but now you're really getting into it. Well, this is the thing. Sometimes I pick up a game and I'm not really that invested in it, but I just sometimes just feel like I better give it a se- second chance and actually learn to play it properly. Uh, this is this is one of the problems. Actually, I found it a bit hard to like just get into it and just play it straight away. It's there's quite there's quite a learning curve when it's getting into more the so
1: game. than the original Total War. Because I remember playing that one once for seven and a half hours and then deciding never to play it again because I. I thought I'd get addicted.
0: Wait, which one? Shogun or Medieval? I thought it was Rome Total War. Wasn't that oh, the, the first one we had? No, no, we had Medieval before that. Oh, maybe it was Medieval Total War. The one that's like Risk. Yes, yeah, a bit like Risk. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a lot more complex than that. Now they've, like, added in so many more things. Um, obviously, you know, there was always things like diplomacy, but you've got a lot more, like, kind of... Um mechanics in there as well like political beliefs you've actually got um, factions within your faction if that makes sense so you'll have different houses within rome and they'll be competing for power in politics
1: so um how do we actually play this game well for those who haven't played any (laughs) of the total war franchise
0: so okay basically total war is a strategy strategy game that's uh split into two parts one is kind of like a risk style uh like campaign map where you command like your generals and move them around to attack different people, you build buildings, you uh develop uh agents to like, you know, poison wells or murder people or like Bring uh, public order to certain places where you're struggling, and then the other part of it is a real time uh, strategy game where you actually battle, and it's the battles are incredible. They've all like Total War has always been about the epic proportions of like having thousands of people uh, killing each other, but Rome really has like taken it to another level. In that it it looks so good now, it almost looks like you're watching a film. Um, Whereas before, you know, a lot of like the animations and stuff were a bit kind of rinse and repeat. It really feels a lot more organic in the way that um, units actually interact with each other. And if you zoom in, you actually, you know, it's not just people going "Eh, eh, eh," making thrusting movements with a sod. They're actually like, uh, I think it's... um, I can't I can't think of what it's called like it's not CGI'd you know when the people put on the outfits? mocap motion yes. capture yes I think they're actually motion captured um, ah. like interactions between people so you'll see them like knock each other over or, or like uh, stun someone with the shield and then like stab them in the chest and stuff do they also have
1: different facial expressions because in the other one they never had facial expressions yeah, they yeah. Were just all, hitting their, each other. all
0: their armor is different as well I mean like you'll have like the general kind of thing that they'd wear so for example Prince of Pays will wear a particular type of color of armor but like they'll have different cloaks different emblems different helmets so you get like kind of a um individual in a group of people that looks really really good and really organic
1: so it looks like an actual army of people rather than yeah a... rather
0: than just a rinse yeah. and repeat it's this guy again and ag- again and again and again yeah copy pasted ev- yeah yeah. Oh, yeah cool no it's really really good um so, like I said before, like one of the big improvements is definitely the graphics from earlier uh, games that I've played. Um, I mean, if you just look at the screen here...
1: Yep, everyone who's listening to our podcast, um, if you look at your screen, <laughs> it should be, if you just look at like, a screen displaying <laughs>
0: uh, precisely what we're looking at
1: right now, because that's definitely how podcasts work. Yeah,
0: but I'm just saying, like, compare it to what you experienced of the original Rome, and look at it now, it actually looks really, really good, I think.
1: I... I can confirm that (laughs) it
0: looks prettier than it did 10 years ago. It looks prettier. Yeah. And also siege battles are a lot better. So now when you're like attacking cities and stuff, whereas before the AI was a bit rubbish, they just got confused by a city. Now they actually, you know, know how to use walls and know how to attack you rather than just like standing in a corner and doing nothing. They know how to use walls. Yeah. As
1: in you can't just walk through them.
0: Well, no, no, no. Before like AIs would just get stuck on the wall ah
1: so they know they have to go around the wall
0: and get down yeah and like you know it's it's not so easy to just like outfox the ai with something really stupid like a bug that they've obviously not ironed out in the game but yeah they've put a lot more thought into it um so even when you're like doing all your strategies and stuff the ai are are a lot more reactive to it now Uh, so what platforms is this available on so it's on pc and also on mac um i don't think it's on anything else no it wouldn't be on any consoles and you're playing it on mac i am playing it on mac and it's actually really good um i've not noticed any issues with it so far um i know like when this originally came out there was a lot of bugs around it but um no nothing too substantial other than i found it really funny the other day i was playing as as the british no it wasn't the british it was the the egyptians they've got um easily confused easily confused well it's because they have um similar chariot units Okay. And as I was charging into people, like, I, th- I swear one of my chariots became like a spring. It was just bouncing backwards and forwards into these people. Looks quite funny. So that's the only real glitches I've noticed of it so far, which is quite... Elastic know, chariots. Elastic chariots, yeah. Very bouncy. <laughs> um, Yeah, so also, the other uh, real appeal of this game is actually playing historic battles. Um, all the other Total Wars... That I've played so far I have got quite a collection of historical battles, but one of the things that really annoys me of this one is you get a load of them, but a lot of them are DLC that you have to pay for. So it'll be like Battle of Teutonburg Forest or something like that, but then you then have to buy that battle, oh, which right. is a bit of a shame. Um, are also, they are pricey? I think they're not. I don't think they're too much now. I don't. I didn't really look into it too much because I was like, I don't really want to pay. But any extra, yeah. when I've only got like, what, three historical battles that I can play or something like that, when there's like quite a few that are quite interesting. But yeah, Um other things as well, you're missing out some of the real like good factions of the original Rome, to- you're right there, of the original <laughs> Rome total. <laughs> um So things like Spartans as well, you now have to buy like the Greek expansion pack, which is really annoying because wow. I love Spartans. This
1: probably yeah they they need to make more money because they spent more money on all the motion capture and all
0: that and yeah. making the graphics really good. Yeah, but like they didn't do it before and they had expansions. Did you not have to pay for the expansions before? No, no, you had to pay for the expansions. But like uh, factions that are actually in the game, you all you had to do to unlock them was to take over them in the campaign map. Whereas now you have to buy the extra bit. Ah, uh. so. Which was good. That was a good incentive, actually, to uh, complete the game. Because as you went along, you'd conquer new factions. You'd get them, all their units. So I think, originally, you'd only have, like, Rome and a few of the Barbarian factions. And I've always been a massive fan of Carthage. So you actually had to play as Rome and take over Carthage uh, to unlock them. And then you could play as them. But whereas with this, yeah, you you don't get all that fun stuff. Which upsets me oh that's a shame i know and also Carthage are rubbish in this game no elephants no they have but elephants are really like they just die oh well i mean like elephants do die but you'd expect them to be a bit more hardy yeah but like they were proper tanky in the original game like no matter what you did they were just like no but now if you like throw a few javelins at them they get really scared so i guess it's more realistic in that sense and like you have to be a bit more tactical with using elephants rather than just running them into people. Can but you use flaming pigs like they did actually in, in historical I've not battles. come across flaming pigs. You used to oh. in the, in the original Rome uh, total war used to be able to do that. You had dogs and pigs. I've used dogs so far, but I've not come across pigs yet. But then I, I, I'm still quite early on in the campaign, like 109 BC. So I think after a certain time as well, like the units of Rome change and they instead of being like triarii and Principe and hastati they become like legionary cohort and things like that so i've got all that look to look forward to i think the unit roster does change but i haven't come across pigs so we shall see well, hopefully there are pigs i love pigs They're <laughs> great fun <laughs>
1: even though it's kind of mean uh they used to set pigs on fire to scare the elephants
0: yeah but they're not real pigs i know these are digital pigs but yeah you know, <laughs> back in the day they were real pigs digital pigs matter <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um overall i think it's a really really good game uh it's a massive improvement on things before and i was quite put off by what i thought at first was quite like arcadey style uh, battles because one of the other things as well that I didn't mention in sieges, if you're defending, you have to defend victory points rather than the entire city. So I, I strategically placed my men at one point, like to create a box around, uh, enemy units. Yeah. They took over a victory point and then a a timer started counting down and I was like, oh, so without them killing a single unit, they managed to defeat me by taking one, like, victory point in the middle of the city. And I was like, wow. Sounds like you didn't read the instructions very well. No, I didn't. But this is the thing, like, Uh, there were other victory points to be taken but obviously this was the main one and it's just like you this it took took away from the the idea of like trying to actually get everyone out of the city and kill everyone in the city and take it over properly it was just send my troops here and make sure they don't come into this box and then we win even though i would have like quite easily have actually beaten them so it was a shame but um other than that, yeah, no, it's really, really good. Graphics are obviously 100 times better. And like I said, like watching people actually going up close and seeing them fight with each other is fantastic. Very, very good. 8 out of 10. Good music oh, too. I was going
1: to do the... So that gem, fake gem could ask you what what score would it be. Oh. You already did it. Fake gem.
0: 8 out of 10. <laughs> I think... Very good. I'm really excited because they've recently um, released Warhammer Total War. Also on Mac, and I used to be a massive uh, Warhammer buff.
1: Yeah, I've uh, been speaking to people who've played the Warhammer Hammer version, and they said it's really good.
0: Really? Yeah. Which one, the the first or second one, because there's two uh, now? I think the first one
1: was preferred because I think you get more with it. Yeah. Like you get to play as more different armies, but I think the yeah. second one's actually better in terms of gameplay.
0: Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. It's been a long time coming for Mac, um, but I'm glad it's finally here. So yeah, next paycheck, I think I'll get that. All right, cool. Your
1: turn. Okay, so I'm going to be talking about Power Grid. Power Grid. Which is based on uh, a game by Freedom and Freezer. Freedom and Freezer. I think I've got that right i don't actually know because i don't speak german yeah um which was called funkenschlag funkenschlag which is a really cool title it just means sparks but sounds very german yeah it is german he's german and he liked to name all of his names with something beginning with f probably because his first and surnames both begin with f and funkenschlag sparks is related to the um the concept of the game yeah so this is a board game Yeah. And the aim of the game is to power cities with generators. Okay. So you have uh, a world map, or, well, it's not actually a world map. There's, on my version, we have a map of Europe. Yeah. And a map of North America. And the map is divided into uh, five or six sections. Yeah. And depending on how many people are playing, is how many different sections are actually available. And you can choose which ones you want to play in. So there's actually a lot of variability straight away of which map you're playing on. You can play with the same people over and over again and play on slightly different maps using Mm. slightly different regions of the overall map. And within each uh, map region, there are seven cities. um, And you build generators in cities in order to power them, but you also need to uh, build power plants yeah And you need to have enough energy resources in order to power the power plants in order to generate electricity to power your cities to generate wealth, which then goes into building more generators and buying more power plants yeah um, and it's got a really great rubber banding. Mechanism where rubber banding rubber banding what's that mean so rubber banding is a concept that that was a perfect gem moment <laughs> wah,
0: wah, wah.
1: what's rubber banding what's rubber banding rubber banding is when uh, players get uh, ahead in the game or yeah. fall far behind where the oh. actual mechanics of gameplay are designed to pull everyone closer together okay so it's really difficult to run away with the game. Or to, f- to, like, just be left for dead. Yeah. Uh, and the rubber banding in this, ha- there's multiple factors to how it rubber bands. And, and one of them is the turn order. So the player with the fewest generators mm-hmm. um, always goes first in building new generators. Uh, and they always go last in purchasing new power plants. Yeah. Um, because the way power plants are purchased is you have an auction and it's good to go last because then you'll you have fewer people to compete against yeah which means you can just bid really low and, and no one's contesting it so you win whereas if you go mm. at the start and you're playing like a six-player game so like, oh that's a really good power plant everyone's bidding for it and you end up playing twice as much as it would otherwise yeah. cost um so that allows people who've fallen really far behind uh to get cheaper power plants uh, yeah. They also get to buy resources first, and the cost of resources is based on the number left in the pool. Yeah. Um, what so are the
0: different resources then?
1: The resources they have are um, coal,
0: gas, oil, and nuclear, Yeah. or it's, uranium. It's a bit like Settlers of Catan, where you have to use like different resources to create different buildings. Then. No, no. All of the, the generators yeah. are, and the
1: power plants are purchased with... Uh, Electro, which is the currency. Uh, And so the resources are also built with, uh, purchased with Electro. Um, the resources, different power plants require different resources in order to power a certain number of cities. At the start of the game, you'll have a power plant that takes three coal to power one city, say. Yeah. But then as the game goes on, the power plants get better, so you might get one that takes one coal to power five cities. Mm. Um, but then you also get more power plants which use the clean or more developed resources. So you start okay. off with a lot of power plants that use coal, coal, um, then more of them come through that use gas and oil yeah. and then you get the nuclear ones, but you also get some green energy plants, which require no resources. Okay. Um, but still power cities and those are great to get, but they're always really hotly contested because yeah. once you Everyone get those, wants them, I guess they stay in, in your power plant yeah. uh, group and, and you, you paid much less in terms yeah. of resources. Um, you can also only have, have up to three power plants in mm-hmm. your hand. So once you get a fourth one, you pick which one to throw away. And you can't just stockpile all the resources if you're like the first player to buy resources and screw everyone else over because yeah. you can only buy as much as is in the supply. Once the supplies run out, that's it, nothing. Yeah. You can only store as many, much as twice as many as it requires to power your power plants. Yeah. So yeah, you can't totally screw over players. Um there's a nice uh, rub banding to make sure that people who are falling behind get back into it.
0: And is it realistic if you are far behind, you can still come back and win the game quite yeah. late game? Yeah. And, yeah. and
1: the game's in three phases. Uh, and the, so each city actually has three sections where you can build a generator. Yeah. But you can only start in the first section to begin with. Uh, once someone's built a generator in a city, they can't, no one else can build a generator in that city. And in order to build a generator, you need to be able to not only pay for the purchase price of a generator in a new city, you also need to pay for the connection cost yeah. so like each city is connected to other cities by um, a, a line which indicates how much it costs and you're allowed to take any route, you don't have to have neighbouring cities you can like hop between cities, you mm. um, I mean, you can do as many hops as you like, as long as you can pay the connection cost and then also pay for the generator. You can build a generator in a new city. But then when stage two comes about a second slot opens up in each city, slightly more expensive to build a generator, but it means that people who haven't already got a generator in that city can get a generator in the city. And then there's a third slot as well in stage three, Mm -hmm. which is when like all the really powerful power plants come out. Um, which means that if you've been like encircled by people and yeah. you can't do the connection costs, as soon as it moves to stage two, it's like, Oh ha, I'm right next to all of these power plants which are which are cheap and the people who are already there, they can't use them. So yeah. more more for me. Okay. And and the way uh, the the map works where you've got different sections, the number of map sections you play in is I think like two more than the number of players there are.
0: Yeah. So there's always loads of cities and So you don't get you never get Fully trapped in anywhere then?
1: Uh, you you sometimes like if there's like a group of three people ganging up on one person. Oh, that one, that's me. That one person might get trapped in, but then like I say, once the stage changes, yeah. they get to expand out, and because they're going first, building generators first, they'll get in there before anyone else can. Yeah.
0: Um. Uh, so yeah, it, it's it's really good in that way. How how do the stages um develop then? Like, is is it a particular amount of cards that get played before it becomes the next phase? Uh, so the first phase is the beginning of the game and
1: it goes right up to when someone builds their nth generator, uh, where that number is determined by the number of players. So I think if you play a two player game, uh, it's seven, seven generators and then it moves to phase two. Uh, and then the third one, there's like a special phase three card, uh, which is in the power plant deck. So yeah. after you've seen a certain number of power plants go through the auction process, you move into phase three. It's technically possible to go into phase three without a phase two, but it's quite rare for that to happen. Yeah. Um, uh, and like in, in each of the turns, there's, there's five bits of actions that you can do. You first bid on your power plant, yeah. uh, you then bid for you then purchase resources, you then build any additional generators you want, you then power your generators. Uh, and then you restock resources Mm. and it's very methodical it's once you know the rules it's really easy yeah so you can learn how to play this game in one playthrough okay um and
0: And how, how do you ultimately win then is there like a certain amount of victory points that you need to get to achieve victory so the the aim of the game is to
1: power as many cities as possible. However, yeah. the point which determines when the game ends is when someone builds a generator, a, like a, an nth generator for some large number, for like 18th generator, hmm. then it plays through one more round and who, whoever powers the most after that, which isn't the person necessarily with the most generators, it's just the yeah. person who can power the most, they win. Okay, Uh, so it's actually quite possible for someone to get to like eighteen generators, Mm. and then realize actually they don't have enough money to power more than about twelve. And then someone who's only got thirteen generators might have loads of money for resources, and they'll be able to power theirs, and and they'll win the game. Yeah. so sometimes you get people like, hovering around the 17 generator mark or well, like one less than the number to trigger the end game yeah. until they've got the most powerful power plant. Yeah. Uh, and then they'll buy as many generators as they can power and, and try and win it that way.
0: Yeah. Okay, so obviously different tactics for different people. Yep.
1: So how did you come across this game? So we have a board game club at work yeah. on Tuesdays and I first played that there um, with some friends from work. Uh, we played that a few times. I quite enjoyed it, and then decided I need a new game to buy, and was looking around. I was like, oh, actually, Power Grid—that's quite good. That's yeah. uh, an easy one to get into, uh, and I've played that quite a few times now. With how my much copy. was it then? Oh, it was quite expensive. Uh, it's like about sixty pounds. Oh wow!
0: Yeah, yeah. Worth it though.
1: Yeah, I think it's worth it. I mean, the, just the number of different ways you can play it. There's two sides to the maps. You can play in North America or Europe. And okay. then the number of different uh, map variations you can play. And it plays for t- two to six players. There's like yeah. a special two-player mode because it doesn't really work with two players. But So they have like a a third neutral player yeah whose actions are determined based on the other people's actions okay um but yeah it it's really good fun yeah Uh, and we should definitely play it sometime i've brought it around so many times when we've been supposed to have done the podcast over the summer but then you know one of you and jem is busy (laughs) or
0: both excuse me you were away for like two months or something
1: yeah no i was doing athletics but you knew that i was away that's why you and jem did the podcast on on your own
0: yeah but like you're you you're the reason for the delay no, yes. no, we, yes. booked, we yes. booked in yes. the diary, like, three things, which We're doing you this. didn't do, yeah. No, there was only one.
1: Two. What was the other one? Uh, I can't remember, but there was also one that Jem couldn't
0: make, so it was oh. three. Oh, okay. I thought you just meant me specifically. No. I was going to say I didn't do it. What would you rate it, then? Uh, I give it a nine out of ten. Nine out of ten? Yeah, very, lo-
1: very replayable, very easy to get into. Um, and also really
0: good fun. Nice. Do you think it challenges for your favourite board game? Ooh, top five. It, yeah, definitely top five. Okay, yeah.
1: And
2: now, but jump. Oh. Hey, 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 bros! I'm really, really sorry I can't be with you in person today for the recording of our podcast. However, I am going to be filming a really fun comedy film, so I'm going to be having fun all day without you two. So meh. (laughs) But um, I thought I'd be really kind and record my little review anyway, so that you can just drop it seamlessly into the rest of the podcast. And. I trust you both. So I trust that you're not going to do anything silly with my voice, my voice. Or, you know, take the mick out of me. Ah! Or mm, say bad things about me. Bitch. Because I love you both. And Billen definitely didn't hear the last podcast when we were slagging him off. So it's fine. It's fine. It's all fine. Um, so yeah, bros, thank you very much for dropping this uh, nice little interview neatly into the podcast. So it's my turn. And today I'm going to be talking about Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Uh, this came out on the 14th of September. I bought it on the day it came out because I love Tomb Raider. It's my favourite, pretty much, um, of all the games I've played in the last sort of five years. And um, I was really excited about the latest edition in the franchise. And this one, I think, is meant to round off the trilogy of this latest reboot of the Tomb Raider series, um, which started, I think, back at the end of 2013. So, what do I think of Shadow of the Tomb Raider? Well, um, for anyone who hasn't played the previous two installments... Um, This is an action-adventure game. There's lots of fun, stealthy combat. A bit of hand-to-hand, but mostly kind of stealth and long-range weapon stuff. Then there's lots of puzzle tombs, which are really fun and get your brain going. Um, And then there's lots of exploring the world, which is beautifully rendered in all three games. And my favourite bit, loads and loads and loads of climbing and grappling and hanging off of cliffs. And kind of the stuff that makes your toes curl while you're playing it, because it just looks so scary so this game is more of the same it has all of that stuff plus I think some of the combat has been improved but I'll come to that later the kind of vague story um it's a continuation of a storyline that you get in Rise of the Tomb Raider which is about Lara kind of chasing down this group called Trinity who are up to no good but The really interesting thing with this story is right at the beginning of the game, I don't want to tell you any specifics because I don't want to spoil it, but Lara does something which she herself realises very quickly contributes to all the bad stuff in a similar way to the kinds of things that Trinity does. And she does it sort of without thinking about it, but it's, it's really interesting. So the game story is set up almost differently in that Lara isn't necessarily the out-and-out good person she's also a kind of western invader who's gone to an exotic part of the world and done something that maybe raises some questions so I thought that that was a really interesting um sort of into the story And it progresses, uh, I can't really tell you too much more about it without spoilers, but it progresses into a a hidden culture, um, which is quite nice. So the really different thing about this game compared to the others too is that you have, a bit like in some of the Assassin's Creed games, you end up with sort of towns that you can explore and there's people that you interact with. And during those areas you don't have any combat. So you can pick up side missions, you can improve your weapons, you can do some exploring, um, you can gather resources, things like that. So that's a really different dynamic in this game to the other two where you didn't really have that kind of area you occasionally um, had moments of interaction with other characters who were friendlies but you didn't have that kind of marketplace vibe which is i guess what i'd call this and again like the other two games it's not quite open world but it's sort of a semi pseudo open world so you can go back and do things um Uh, before progressing with the story say you realize you've missed out a crypt or a tomb um, and you want to go and solve that puzzle you can go back and do that in any order that you like once you've unlocked the fast travel in that area but um you do have to do the story in order to unlock different areas in the map so in that sense it's not a true open world um yeah but it's quite fun that you do get the the ability to kind of go back and finish some of the challenges which will reward you with uh skills points and sometimes equipment as well so it's quite fun um and the general look and sound of the game just like the other two is really visually impressive some of the vestas are just incredible i mean just wow and as I mentioned earlier, when you're climbing around some of these areas, it really does make your tummy tingle. <laughs> it's really quite amazing. And I love the way that the climbing mechanics um, just get better and better every game, where you kind of really get that amazing sense of overhanging ledges and swinging through things and uh, grappling up walls and stuff. It just, it just works really nicely and I really enjoyed that in this game. And the music is great. Um, It's not there all the time. It's not like a constant soundtrack, but there's some nice little touches, like when you're in the marketplace in the village, there's just some nice little background beats and stuff, which is quite atmospheric and cool. And, and yeah, generally when, when there's a, gonna be a fight going down you know about it because the music changes so you get like bad guy music so uh, that's always handy to know especially in situations where you think oh I want to be a bit prepared and be a bit stealthy in terms of the gameplay style Um, As I said, you know, it's an accident adventure, so there's a lot of collecting in this game. Some nice little mini challenges. Some of them are a bit boring. Things like, I really hate the swan dive challenge. They had that in the last game. You just have to stand on a really high cliff edge and dive into some water really far below you. I find that really boring. Um, For me, I enjoy challenges which are about hunting animals or um finding different flowers in trees maybe this sounds boring to you but I find that more enjoyable um and um and sort of like locating things that are hard to see I find that quite satisfying because I really like exploring in games like this so for me those challenges are way more interesting than diving into some water um but in terms of the puzzles some of the tombs I think that What was interesting about this game is you can adjust the difficulty settings for the tombs and the puzzles independently of the difficulty settings for the combat. And this for me is brilliant because I quite like playing combat in normal, just normal. I don't want to make it any harder for myself. That's not why I play this game. But the puzzles, the idea that I can turn up the difficulty on that is really satisfying. So I've really enjoyed being able to have that kind of customizability in this um game, which is really cool. And sometimes you know if combat is really hard, I can make it easy as well, you know, but the puzzles, I like them to be super hard. and the puzzle tombs this time round. I've actually found them a lot easier so it's really good to have that option to sort of turn up the difficulty and what that does is it means Lara doesn't give you any clues um if you play it in normal mode or if you play it in the easy mode Lara basically pretty much tells you what order to do the puzzles in with her narrative um so when you're playing difficult you've got to kind of figure it all out yourself which is quite satisfying as I said but that's if you really like puzzling which I do. Um, And in terms of the combat this game goes to town on stealth combat. So there are whole sections of the game where you don't have any weapons anymore and you have to cover yourself in mud, which is a new addition this time around, and I really like that. So if you can cover yourself in mud at uh, opportune moments, it makes you harder to detect with heat-seeking goggles, which the bad guys have now, which is really scary because they can see you when you're hiding in bushes. And... Um, And so the mud helps with that. Also, you've got a bunch of new moves that you can unlock uh, when you're playing stealthily in these these moments. So you can hide on top of a tree. Then if you unlock this particular (laughs) move, you can kind of tie a guy up by the throat and strangle them. It sounds really violent and horrible. It is. Um, And do that stealthily and... Like tie them back up into the tree pretty much so no one finds them. Similarly, if you do self- attacks and you're in a bush, you drag them back into the bush so no one can see the body. and so enemies aren't alerted. There's also some really great um, po- poisons you can use. so you can poison. <laughs> sounds really mean, but you can poison some of the bad guys and then they end up shooting their friends instead of you. They get confused, which is really, really mean. And then they die anyway because the poison kills them. But it's quite enjoyable if you're Lara and you've only got your bow and arrow left because all your weapons are gone and um, you need to get through a whole bunch of baddies without being seen because you don't really have any hand-to-hand combat skills. So if they catch you, it's really hard to get away. Um, and that brings me to the thing that frustrates me with this game Uh, there is so much stealth that if you do get caught as I said there's no Lara's not very good in close combat most of her weapons are ranged weapons and so if you get caught you've got a pickaxe so you can kind of swing a pickaxe at people but that doesn't really help you during those times in the game when you don't have your guns Um, and even when you do have your guns it's really really hard to shoot people close up because of the way the game is, um, and you kind of want to be able to like hit people over the head with a gun or something, but that, you just can't do that. Um, yes, yeah, so that's sort of annoying, but I guess the name of the game for a lot of this is stealth. So just be quiet, just be patient, and you'll get there. But it's really satisfying, all of that stuff. So in general, how do I feel about the game? Um, hmm, that demanded a drink of water. Yeah. I initially found it a little bit frustrating because um when you play the game, there are so many cutscenes early on, like a ridiculous amount of cutscenes where you just wonder if you're playing a game or watching a series. Um And I really like story-driven games, but when you can't have any impact on the story, they become frustrating and boring. So initially, I just thought, oh, God, they've really gone to town on telling you this very drawn-out story. And I haven't had a chance to play much game, and I've been playing it for two hours. So that annoyed me. It does level out slightly, but because of these little kind of villagey areas that you end up in, you find yourself listening to a lot of character dialogue in this game. And it gets to the point where you want to skip it. So I wonder if by introducing this um, extra level to the game, I wonder if they've missed a trick by not allowing you to have some kind of gameplay interaction with some of the dialogue or some of the choices you make when you speak to these characters. Um, because it's quite passive which I think is what makes it boring at times other than that though I think that this game has some incredible twists and turns in the story Lara really has a huge kind of character shift again which I can't tell you anything about because I don't want to spoil it but um there's a really there's a really amazing moment in the game where you just kind of go whoa Lara's become like commando or something she she really kind of changes and it's kind of awesome and fun um but yeah in terms of the gameplay uh the puzzles as i said they felt a bit easier but i turned up the hardness and then they were great again some of the tombs aren't as impressive as in rise of the tomb raider say but there are a couple of really standout memorable ones where you just walk into the tomb and go wow because it's such an impressive setup and landscape that's been created and some of the puzzles are very fun and inventive and really really satisfying to complete so in general I have really enjoyed this game I think that the climax is quite spectacular and um really really kind of worth persevering through I think the sort of first third of the game lags a bit and it's just worth keeping on with it because it really picks up as you as you get through the game so yeah i would definitely recommend it i like it a lot i've been hooked to it for the last three weeks i've not touched anything else um so yeah i definitely would give it a high rating still probably an eight and a half out of ten maybe not as high as rise of the tomb raider but i still think this is a really excellent game And if you're a fan of the franchise, you won't be disappointed. It's good fun. Thanks, guys. And I hope you're having a good week doing the podcast without me. Love you both. Bye.
0: All right, good stuff. Well, thank you for tuning into My Turn Podcast. Um, wah, wah, wah. That's a big goodbye from Jem. Bye from me, bye. And also... Bye from me, bye. Take care, bye. Wah, wah. Okay, cool. Done.
1: Yeah. yeah.